I'm the world's forgotten boy, the one who searches and destroys. Well, Hello. That's a shitty way to start the show, but that's how I always do it, because we don't have a sound effect. I guess we have a song that led into this. Yeah, we did. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully. Welcome to Welcome. Deep Dive. Yeah, okay. No, go for it. <laughs> Welcome to Deep Dive. You picked the artist, so you can do yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> we, uh, we listened to all the albums by the Stooges. Yeah, I'm Jackson Russo. <laughs> and I'm Adam Selby. I forgot about that. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we listened to, what, the five albums that they put out as a... Uh, Yes. As a band across a very long career. American rock, proto-punk band, The Stooges. Um, I had never heard the term proto-punk prior to this band. Um, uh, apparently, proto-punk refers to uh, its category... Ah, proto-punk, which is categorized as bands who presaged the punk rock movie basically made it yeah 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 so uh that's apparently what proto-punk is but uh they can also be called garage rock hard rock and just early punk music yeah you could call them punk rock if they did if they created it then they are it yeah um i mean it's if anybody doesn't know who they are it's the band that iggy pop was in for a long time yes and kind of why he's famous i believe so yeah it definitely is uh, I don't know which is more famous, his solo career. I think probably is. his solo career, because now they're mostly known as Iggy and the Stooges yeah. rather than the Stooges. So, Had you uh, ever listened to them? To yeah, I I had listened to two of these albums before, uh, the first two. Um, and I neither one really had like stuck with me, so I haven't listened to them in a long time. But Yeah, I... I was have, familiar with them. So. I had only heard one song, which we'll get into, but... I I knew who Iggy Pop was, and I knew who the Stooges were. Right. I just had never listened to them at uh, all. I think they're one of those bands that, if you've heard of them, you know what it is, probably, but you've never really listened to it, maybe. Iggy so. Pop, he's like one of those guys that, not like David Bowie, but similar to David Bowie in that sense that like all of your favorite musicians listen to yeah. Iggy Pop and love Iggy Pop. I had listened to that one record he did that was basically a queens of the stone age record but with him on top of it. oh yeah post-pop depression yeah yeah which that's a great album um i think that is still his most recent album maybe yeah he's got a new one coming out though yeah uh he's been releasing some songs on it but we'll get into that uh, it looks so- like that comes out it's already out so never mind but uh, his uh most second most recent album was uh yeah with josh homie which is yeah. A very different album for him compared to some of this other stuff we're going to listen to. So Very good, though. Um, yeah. So, the Stooges, they uh, started in 1967, so they are quite an early band. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Michigan, yeah. which is uh, interesting. So Yeah, it, it, I it just come to get used to uh, most of these bands that we ever listen to or any band is either from new york city or uh california Mm -hmm. sometimes chicago that seems to be the great american cornucopia the the you know biggest cities yeah and of course there's you know uk and all that stuff uh, more british bands i'd be interested to go back and see uh which artists we listen to or where they're from 
Actually, I wouldn't be interested in doing that at all. I mean, you can do that pretty easily. So. Yeah, so uh, 1969 was their first album, self-titled, The Stooges. Um, yeah, should we just go into it? Yeah, I mean, I think that's all the kind of intro we can offer on them. Yeah, uh, it's only 34 minutes long. Most yeah, of their albums are pretty short. All these albums are pretty short, which oh. is nice. Um, I really enjoyed that. Although all the, the songs are not short necessarily just the albums are short no uh they have a couple different songs that are longer uh i mean i think this is a really solid debut album one of those like band defining kind of albums yeah i really like we've had a lot of recently of some of the other deep dives and yeah i enjoyed uh i want to be your dog that was probably yeah that was uh, the the only song i have a note on actually yeah same here it's probably my favorite song it's probably the only catchy song off of this uh, apparently on their earlier records and uh, it, it apparently the goal whenever they recorded was to capture their live show mm-hmm. which a lot of bands try to do that I don't know if that really works I'm kind of the mindset that the live show and the album can be different so and that may be a new way of thinking I think that depends on the type of music yeah more than anything yeah I think it would be hard to make music like this and not strive to just you know do the same thing yeah but that being said i i I think whenever you know that about songs or albums it can start to feel like oh this probably wasn't well thought out that kind of thing Mm -hmm. but i I like the song i want to be your dog uh the album opens with the track 1969 which i assume is just about you know the year that they released this so uh, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about the ten-minute song "We Will Fall"? I mean, I thought it was good, but it's not. Obviously, it was never going to be like a single or anything. It's not a popular, catchy song. Yeah, it's but... so different from the rest of it. The rest of it's more like rock music, yeah. and this one is more like this kind of slow chant for ten minutes. Yeah, I thought it was surprising that they like the same band did the song, you know, right before that. And yeah. then on the other side, all those songs, too, were It's like the a same, drone, same kind of. I mean, it's not terrible, but it's not something I would ever find myself like, yeah, this is what I, I mean, want to yeah, listen to. Yeah, it works on the album, though, like as a whole. So Yeah, I think uh, I really feel this album leans more to rock than it does punk. Yeah. And uh, when I say rock, I think this sounds like, you know, a lot of Rolling Stones to me, that kind of stuff. I'm not a huge fan of the Rolling Stones and haven't listened to a ton of their stuff, but Mm -hmm. from what I've heard, it's a similar writing style and whatnot, and maybe that's just, uh, I don't know, maybe that's just the era it came out. Um, But also, it even gets psychedelic on songs on the second half of the album, and uh, I really dislike the song Real Cool Time, where it's pretty much just Iggy Pop over and over again oh, saying yeah. we're gonna have a real cool time uh i don't know if i was writing music like this whenever i was younger because i listened to these you know legacy legacy acts or if it's just like you know at some point you grow up and try to be more thoughtful with your lyrics or thoughtful with your music and not just be like okay i'm gonna play these three basic chords and yeah be play something loud. that sounds cool yeah yeah and I, I mean, feel like Real that, Cool Time is just, like, such a childish, dumb song. Well, and, I mean, it is only, like, two minutes long. Yeah, so. it's the shortest one on the album. 
But uh, I don't know that that didn't stand out as a weird thing to me at least. But it is a very varied album overall. Like, yeah, it's not bad, but I think what I'm finding from doing these deep dives with you is that I am, uh, you know, I can appreciate albums like this and what they mean for music but it's hard for me to put them in context which is super important for this kind of stuff it's like reading a shakespeare play that's different you're not supposed those plays are not supposed to be read they're supposed to be enjoyed in context and that context is theater also they're written in old english because when they were written, that wasn't old right. English. That was spoken in a very rhythmic fashion. So it's hard for a lot of people to enjoy Shakespeare in that same way. I feel the same way about older albums. It, it's yeah, a it, lot harder for them to stand the test of time for me. Well, I mean, I think some of these are albums, especially in this case, their first album here. It's clear that it's like an influential album for people who grew up with it but obviously it's not really now because they're not a household name no not um at all. you know they're not the beatles or something which i know a lot of musicians hate but the well, beatles are like a timeless thing and that's yeah that's and how it you, works like, if you look at their record sales for so spoiler alert this band breaks up and then gets back together um yeah i guess that would have been fun to to start with yeah uh, there's a very very long gap between two of these albums yeah which we'll we'll get into that uh but they're when they came back you would think like oh like when black sabbath came yeah back, like nostalgia that kind would of stuff. fuel a lot of record sales like and, if led zeppelin came back and churned out an album that would probably I mean, that'd be sell different because well. there'd be somebody coming back from the dead but yeah but still you know what i mean yeah but uh it'd be so, like remaking the lion king as a live action movie i don't follow but, uh, I mean, really, it just feels, or, so what I was trying to say is whenever they came back as a band, they, they did not sell very yeah. much. Like, I think it was like 30,000 copies, like a super small amount. And yeah, it was in the digital I mean, age, but still. Yeah, granted, album sales are different now, but they're definitely not the, yeah. like, powerhouse name they might have been. It's insane. Like, when we know, were talking about the prior. Beastie Boys and they were selling millions of yeah. albums, that is unfathomable now and there's so much uh like well but uh, to that point though like if beastie boys put out a new album today they would have massive sales yeah yeah because they're still like a titan of their genre you know yeah it's weird but let's move on to the next album so they their next album came out a year later which seems to be in a lot of fashion for these early rock bands yeah churn it out but and that's probably because you know record sales was there yeah you had to do that and yeah main source of income and then you know nowadays there's probably longer gaps because the main source of income income is uh touring so that and i think it is probably probably was easier with like you know more limited production options you kind of just like this is what you did you couldn't sit around and like mess with it too much yeah, you know, if digital editing, you can sit there and and pick at things all day long, and yeah, that adds to your time between albums too. So yeah, especially if you're some kind of perfectionist person. So, so this next album, Funhouse, came out in 1970. It's 36 minutes long, mm-hmm. so they added an extra three minutes. Uh, this was the other album I had of theirs already that I'd listened to, but didn't really remember. Um, both albums were released on Elektra. I did not notice that. Uh, I didn't either. 
so I would say on this album feels a little bit more consistent to me. Uh, well, yeah, it feels like they I like figured out what better. they want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the song, it starts with down on the street and loose is the second song. Uh, those are both pretty tight rock songs that mm-hmm. I really like. And I feel like these first two tracks, uh, they lose that kind of classic rock vibe and become more aggressive, which I really like. That That's kind of the Stooges I was expecting based off of the one song I knew yeah. and their reputation because apparently they had these crazy live shows. and Yeah, that first album doesn't have that same like energy to it. No, it, it has the what you would expect a 1969 album to sound like. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, kind of the Woodstock bands, except not all peace and love. But that vibe or you know quality and style uh but the first two songs they're down on the street and then uh loose they're just punk songs yeah and and they're both pretty great yeah i really like them and then after that it kind of just becomes uh I'm it, not it sure. meanders a little bit yeah it, it just gets into fe- some longer songs that are more the rest feels like unstructured jams to me which yeah. is where we get into the whole idea of uh, these songs are not uh, structured. Yeah. They're not thought out. They are trying to chase their live show, which apparently was jams, stuff like that. Uh, the song L.A. Blues is just noise. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the last song on the album, but it just feels like noise to me. Yeah, I'm not no, saying noise is bad, yeah. but this one was. When I think it's notable that a lot of these are more just jams because they're obviously talented musicians which you wouldn't you know a lot of people wouldn't pair with uh you know punk music you wouldn't go like yeah they're they're really talented that's no, just like yeah, yeah punk music is, is not you know yeah it's not in that same uh thing like association people make so that's kind of interesting but it, it makes sense why they get into being longer and weirder, more jam stuff. Yeah, I mean, they, they have a song on each side of the record. Yeah, uh, that's, that's a like longer. seven minutes, yeah. 7.45. Yeah, it's just, you know. I mean, I, th- I think they're enjoyable in the context of the album. Obviously, you're not going to listen to them on their own. Yeah. Uh, but since the album is short, too, it's not that, it's not like it's an uh, insufferable, like, 90-minute, like, jam album. That helps a lot. Uh, if this album was, you know, 45 to an hour long yeah. i think i would hate it but it, yeah i think it it's seems short tolerable. enough that it's 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 enjoyable still but i mean you're not going to listen to it a whole bunch yeah uh, uh it, one interesting thing about this this album is that the uh the recording sessions for this i thought had to be ridiculous just based on all the jams and stuff turns out yeah it is they released a 16 disc edition of all the session tapes disgusting yeah so that's <laughs> oh like what God. 16 hours <laughs> plus oh, of music wow. like radiohead released that like 16 or 13 mini discs or yeah yeah but that's different like that. this was cds well, well what i'm saying is like i couldn't even listen to all of that like right. and i love that band yeah so i don't know who this, this was for but <laughs> ooh, man it's a uh, it's a lot yeah so uh, apparently right here uh, as of march 2000 which is a pretty antiquated uh uh, statistic: uh, The album sold eighty nine thousand records, but that's thirty years. So, yeah, yeah, they're not as I mean, big as you. They're would not think. a big popular like selling band, I guess. 
but somehow they stuck around. But I think the biggest thing is that they were influential to different uh, musicians. Yeah. After that time, so that's why they're considered one of those big bands. Yeah, there is one part. uh, You know, whenever Iggy Pop doesn't play anything, he just sings in the band. Yeah. So, uh, you know, when you have these passages of really long instrumentals. I think when they recorded, you know, it's very much this live, they're all in the room and they're kind of doing it live. Uh, There are parts in some of these songs where he starts to come in. He's not scatting or anything like that, uh, but he starts to do things that you're like, oh, he's improvising here. Yeah, trying to do something. There's a part in the title track, Fun House, which is the longest song on the album that's seven minutes and 45 seconds, where Iggy Pop just starts babbling. And it's just so strange, and see, and that's kind of in character for him. Oh yeah, so one hundred percent. So it's definitely enjoyable a yeah. bit, but it definitely can come out of left field if you have no clue who this band is. Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, it's this album is a favorite of a lot of different musicians. Like Jack White calls this his favorite album. That's multiple weird. times. That's so um, weird. I know in some interview that I've seen, Nick Cave was talking about how this is one of his favorite albums, and it's just like. That makes sense though, because he came up. But he came from punk, yeah, and he has a punk background, so that makes more sense. But it's still very weird that like this is it. Like that's so strange. I could see the Stooges in general being, you know, a favorite, like influence that kind of thing. But I feel like Nick Cave is another like the Australian Iggy Pop, and what I mean by that in some ways, yeah. I don't know anyone other than you who actually listens to Nick Cave. Yeah, but I know his name very well because I've heard it come up so much from uh you know just musicians that i listen to yeah i think probably a big reason why it's not a his band's not a bigger name is that you know largely they've only existed in australia until they started touring internationally like i don't know i probably am wrong but like 15 years ago maybe so like most of his early part of his career he wasn't you know a worldwide name at all what's also funny about like australia uh how many million people live there i have no idea offhand but i mean not a lot really yeah but the australian population like being famous in america so it's 24.6 million people live in australia right uh okay we have however 100 like 300 million people in america 300 350 yeah something like that so it's a huge difference but being big in america uh you can be huge but really only like you know, 10% of the population is listening to or yeah. less. But in Australia, being massive is way different. You still have to have your day job and all that stuff. I listen to a ton of Australian podcasts who talk about, like, oh, yeah, like our most famous actor, actors and stuff like that, Australian ones, not the international yeah, yeah. people, uh, like still, you know, are like, oh, they're teachers as well and that kind of stuff, or they still teach lessons and all that. It So it, hmm. it's funny that so hearing that nick cave well yeah i I mean maybe that's why he does so many film scores too is that it's another kind of project thing he can do that's you know they're not it's not like they're touring australia constantly either they're not touring that often really yeah um but but yeah i thought it was weird that this is a a favorite album for so many it is i mean it's not a bad album but it's definitely for me it's just kind of like this is an album uh that this this album also has a uh, 19, a song called 1970. Yeah, I thought that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> which I assume is referring to the year it came out. Yep. Uh, is this where they broke up for the first time? No, they have one more album in 1973. No. They had an uh, they broke up 
1971. Oh, did they break up for a little bit? Yeah, okay. Okay, so here, let's They let's broke go it up multiple the times, so... They, their first tenure was 1967 to 1971, and then they broke up and got back together in 1972 to 1974, and then they had a long skip until 2003. Okay, so... To 2016, so that's yes, over two now. they're no longer a band anymore, and that's probably Prob- not ever going to change probably because it's final. because people yeah. died. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so their next album came out, and... This, to me, was the big album uh, that I had heard so much about. Raw Power came out on Columbia Records, a bigger label, uh, 33, almost 34 minutes long. Mm -hmm. It was produced by Iggy Pop, and also you may have heard of him, David Bowie. Yeah, David Bowie was always a big fan of Stooges as well, which is even weirder. But Yeah, so this is the album I had seen around. I'd seen the album cover and all that stuff. Yeah, I think this has the most songs people will recognize. Yeah, I definitely, this is way better for me. Um, so it was produced by Iggy Pop and David Bowie, and I'll get into some of that in a little bit. But apparently the way this one worked out is uh, this album. So they had broken up and Iggy Pop was working on his solo career. Mm -hmm. And then they were kind of working on stuff and he was looking for a band and he just happened to call some of the Stooges. All the same guys. Yeah. I don't think it's all the same people, but basically the idea of the, yeah, is yeah. And that happened. And then the band was just like, okay, well this is going to be the band, the Stooges again. Oh, I forgot to mention uh, Funhouse on the last album uh, was the first uh, introduction of their uh, saxophone player. They have a saxophone player in the band now, which shockingly for this proto-punk punk punk band. It works pretty well, though. Yeah, it works well, and it's like it's part of their sound. It's not just like, oh, he's in one song on the album. Like, it's it's there noodling in the back. Uh, But this is uh, the album that had the song that I new uh search and destroy the first song is the only song i had ever Mm -hmm. heard prior to doing this deep dive uh i really like that song i think i heard it on guitar hero so thank you guitar hero um i think my favorite i I really like raw power the title track Mm -hmm. um yeah i think a lot of these songs have been covered um by some larger bands at some point too so yeah um i think my favorite song Although on the album, although I hate to say it, is uh, Penetration. Uh, the higher register backing vocals on that song are Good Touch. I just wish that uh, you can take a guess what that song's about. I kind of hate that it's my favorite song on the album, but it's mm, that's pretty fine. Good that's song. what happens. Yeah. Uh, there's no long jams on this one. The longest song is six minutes long, which I don't think is too long. Yeah, I think that there's an angle of like more production on this album in that that was kind of moderated a little bit out and you know they don't have a 10 minute jam on yeah i like to think you know, that david bowie run, reined them in i don't know how i think that's probably the case because it's not quite into like bowie's like weird disco years so yeah apparently the way this all turned out was you know david bowie kind of got handed the album after they had recorded it and he's like, oh, yeah, I'll do that. And then they kind of gave it to him. Right, because Iggy Pop was dealing with a, one of multiple drug problems. So. Yeah. They gave it to him, uh, to David Bowie, and David Bowie was like, hell, yeah, I'll do that. And he was like, oh, why did you record it this way? Because they were doing it on tape, and like it was just all yeah. like, a, why did you record all of this on this track when you have 16 tracks, all that kind of thing. 
And he was like, wait, why did you record 10 guitar tracks? And he was like, well, we only used six. So we decided like, oh, well, we need to use the rest. And he's like, no, you don't need to do that. No. So stuff like that. So kind of handed what he was given that kind of stuff. Did you have any uh, other songs to really point out on this one? No, none of these songs really, other than just a general thought was, I think this is much more what I expected from them. Yes. Uh, revisiting them, obviously. And I think it's probably what most people would expect to hear when you hear like a, you know, band that kind of helped create punk music and yeah, that kind of thing. It very much fits in that, that genre better. And unfortunately it's the only, uh, album that came out during this period because they yeah. broke up before yeah. they could release another one. So, I mean, it did launch his like solo career. Yeah. More or less, which so. I cannot say whether or not there are more Iggy pop albums similar to this one. Because I haven't had the chance to listen to him. Yeah, I've never gotten really into it. There's a ton of pop albums. Yeah, like probably twenty or something. Yeah, he's like one of those album yeah. John types where it's like, cool, you have forty albums. Fuck that. I don't know where to start. Yeah. Um. So getting into the more of the David Bowie type stuff, or oh, I did want to mention uh, the one. I do feel there is a shortcoming of these recordings, and that's the guitar solos, which there are a lot of. Because uh, they are still the same band, um, they're always mixed way too high. They are like hmm. in your face, and once again, that might be the product of its generation, or it might be how they recorded it. But it would be like, okay, here's a song, everything's kind of mixed evenly, or certain things are pronounced but not too obnoxious. God damn it, <laughs> kick that fucking <laughs> mic! <laughs> but then uh, that's how you feel about this. Yeah. But then uh, this guitar solo will come out of nowhere, and it's just in your face, and I did not like it. And there would yeah, still is, be parts it is happening. More aggressive, yeah. There would still be parts happening under that, like oh, the vocals might come back in, but that guitar is still right there in your face. And yeah. I was just like, nah, I don't like that. But apparently, so I, I did some digging on this album. The amount of mixes to this album, or that this album has is similar to trying to find or trying to choose a version of Blade Runner to watch. It's, there are so yeah, many. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of them just for all of their stuff, actually. Like, Funhouse has a couple different ones. Yeah, this, this one's is apparently worse, notorious though. for yeah. it. There's a whole section on their uh, Wikipedia about this, talking about the 1997 mix. I ended up choosing the uh, David Bowie mix because that seems to be, um, most everyone's choice. Yeah, that seems like the canonical, like, version. Yeah, like the definitive to. one. Yeah. And that's the one that they re- released initially. Yeah. So. Yeah, so there's that, 1997, <laughs> 2010, and 2012. Yeah, and so the 1997 one was uh, remixed by um, Iggy Pop himself. And I think the rest of the band really hates what he did to it. Uh, but apparently it is one of the loudest albums of all time i mean that that was like peak uh loudness war era right yeah and he was trying his best to make a like i want this to be the loudest i can get it without making the uh uh speakers distort or having any clipping so he wanted it to be stupid loud which some people were like oh that's super cool but a lot of other people are like oh what the fuck it sounds terrible so I mean, they they didn't keep using that mix. No. Notably. No. Like, they the 2010 
reissue yeah. use the original mix again but like remastered so. yeah the bowie one seems to be the 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 best one so if you're gonna listen to this listen to that one yeah, uh seek that out specifically because i got nothing else on that album uh they uh broke up in 1974 and i don't know what they did in between i know iggy pop did a lot of shit i think basically all it was was iggy pop did his solo career and i don't know don't have any idea what anybody else did. Yeah, no fucking clue. Because they're not they names have, that you recognize either. No, not at all. And also, when you look at the past members for uh, the Stooges, it's a fucking laundry list. So you can't even follow that. Yeah. But then they got back together in 2003. Uh, but they didn't release an album until 2007, which was the weirdness. Has a cool album cover. Uh, I really like this one's 40 minutes long. It's yeah, it longest. took them took them a long time to get extra, you know, six minutes. Ooh, yeah, they killed it. Uh, has 12 songs. Most of their other albums, by the way, only have like eight songs on them. Yeah. So when it sounds like oh, we're only mentioning two to four albums or t- two yeah, to yeah, we're mentioning about it, half of them. Yeah, yeah. like that's quite yeah. a bit of the songs on the album. Uh, I really like the song uh, "My Idea of Fun." That's probably my favorite song on the album. Uh, might be the only song I like, but uh, it uh, it just has this cool uh, chorus of my idea of fun is killing everyone, and it just goes over that, and it's just like oh, that's that kind of like it sounds very similar to their older stuff, yeah. Yeah, it's that tongue in cheek kind of like pseudo aggressive uh, Iggy Pop yeah style. So I really enjoyed that song. Yeah, overall this album is much more similar to his solo stuff not that i've listened to a ton of it but what i have listened to yeah um i'm curious it's mostly a forgettable album yeah for i was me. gonna say i think this album is very bad <laughs> um i wouldn't say it's like aggressively bad but it's very forgettable and yeah and it's one of those typical like i think it's easier for me to write it off as like forgettable instead of bad because yeah forgettable it's one of these bad. like you know reunion albums that like was always gonna be bad yeah so the title track made me think oh okay uh the band itself has become better with age and like oh this is kind of cool so that's uh the fifth song and you know right after my idea of fun i'm like okay maybe this album is going to be way different and really cool and they've you know just gotten better with age Mm -hmm. and then uh the song uh what's it called free and freaky comes back comes on which is the very next song oh and man i and then i completely disagree with what i just said that they've gotten better with age uh that song is just like free and freaky in the usa they just keep talking about shit like that yeah it's bad yeah uh yeah i really can't tell uh the intentions of the song the in the end of christianity uh I can't tell if they're like trying to attack Christianity or religion as a whole. I just, I don't know. It, it's a weird, like, I'm not saying you need to be on, like be in your face about yeah, what those yeah. types of songs are about, but I had no fucking clue. It just kind of, since the end of Christianity, that automatically brings up, okay, what's this song about? I was just sitting there guessing the whole song. Like, what the fuck is this? Well, and that kind of plays into a, a quote that I found from some review that was uh, calling this album devoid of any inspiration. Yeah. And so that kind of comes with that because, like, I don't even know if they knew what they were writing the song about. It was just, like, you know, just just to put out a song. I, I, mean, I think this is just a very mixed bag for me. It was uh, 
produced by Steve Albini, who is most notably, uh, he did the uh, In Utero, Nirvana's last album. Yeah, and he, he's one of those people who said Funhouse was one of his favorite albums. So Of course he did. This is probably like a dream project, and then he just dropped the ball. So <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> I, I mean, maybe maybe it's not before his he was fault, on Sonic but. Highways. Whoa, that catapulted him to fame. Maybe that was it. All right. Somehow I doubt it, but we got one more album. 2013's yep. Ready, Ready to, to die. die. Back to 34 minutes. Less cool album artwork than the yeah. last one. It's off Fat Possum Records, which is a record label I really like. Uh, so they went from Virgin Records, uh, which their prior album. Mm-hmm. Uh, the weirdness was on Virgin Records, which is a big company, and then this came out on Fat Possum, which is very much a indie label. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know if they've been on uh, they've been on a lot of labels. Actually, I didn't really notice that. But yeah. Um. So, this is their final album. Probably for good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the song, Gun. It's catchy and has a super obvious point about guns in America. Yeah, it's but really, it, really on the nose. But it is catchy. It's not like that song, The End of Christianity, where I was just like, uh, what is this? What's going on? Yeah. Uh, it was very obvious. Uh, I really, really like the song Unfriendly World. It's probably my favorite song on the album. Uh, Iggy ditches his high register approach in his vocals and takes on a lower range, even even kind of a speaking tone and uh, the band has this like really mellow uh you know just attack to everything it's super mellow on that song so uh apparently uh, i forgot to mention their uh guitarist had died right before this album one of their original guitarists so um i don't know if that had any effect on this yeah i'm not familiar enough with them to know if it is but yeah um apparently that song double d's got a lot of flack for its subject matter i do feel the song is a bit childish and pointless uh when it comes to the lyrics which cheapen anything it had going for it yeah it's, it's a just song talking about that boobs, obviously. it's a song that like could have been on their like second or first album and yeah. like everybody be like well it's a product of his time yeah but this is a pretty recent album so <laughs> Yeah, and apparently it just got a lot of flack, and it's just like, I, I can see why. It, yeah. It's very it's a pointless song, and apparently they love that, that it got, it very kind of like, it feels like that shock jock type thing. Yeah, a little bit, like, yeah. Eh. Uh, I really like the song The Departed, which is the last song on the record. For some reason, I seem to really like their lighter songs, which is funny. Yeah. Based off of what they're known for, being this aggressive band, especially a hip hop themselves. Um I would say that this is probably their most polished album, uh, where everything sounds thought out, uh, for better or for worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious if any of that has to do with the passing of their guitarist, whether he was a driving force for like, oh, let's be a more jammy type thing, or I don't know. But yeah, I mean, I wonder how much too is just like this album is still in the same like same type as the the previous album. Where it's like yeah. they're clearly like not at their best, and they're just trying to recapture. Once again, no jams on this one. When they got yeah. back together, every song is like three minutes long. Um, Which I mean, ultimately, probably works better. Yeah. So, 
they're out of their five albums the last two are like they completely are no jams it's more tame and pulled back mm-hmm. for better or for worse um that's all i got that's all i have too other than <laughs> this last album was better than the uh the, the fourth album so yeah uh i mean i think we're gonna agree on this but uh probably i would yeah. say if you're gonna listen to any album probably listen to raw power yep um and honestly if you're gonna listen to the stooges just listen to their first three albums you don't need to listen to the others yeah i would agree with that uh, i would say there are moments on the others you may want to listen to their self-titled first just to see where they started from and then go to raw power yeah uh funhouse is probably not for everybody yeah, but um, if you like it's the still other like, two enough, it's yeah, worth... Yeah, it's significant, and you know it's obviously influential, so... Apparently it is. I didn't know that until today. Well, <laughs> I've just seen that around enough places to where I was listening to it again. I was like... I believe it. There are times yeah, it makes like sense. that where like I it's, find that out. Yeah, it's not like uh, the, the Beastie Boys album where you said that was like the defining album. Oh, yeah. Um, it's not, like, not one of those cases where it, you know, is totally surprising and we couldn't figure out why like it does make sense why this is a important album so yeah but i definitely think if you want to start with the first album and see where they came from and then go to raw power that makes sense you could also just start with raw power because it's going to be exactly what you expect yeah which so honestly if i'm going to re-listen to any of these it's going to be raw power yeah uh not sure if i will re-listen to them but i'm not going to turn them off if they come on uh but overall it was a decent listen, and I do enjoy, even if it comes off as me being uh, negative, I do enjoy listening to these um, acts like we started with King Crimson when we started this show. Uh, I do enjoy listening to those. It's just, uh, I don't know. it. I can't appreciate them as much as others. Yeah. So, yeah. Um you got anything else? Nope. I don't think so. All right. What are we listening to next? Uh, we're not listening to anything. Uh, All right. Dave and Hagen are going to take back the reins uh, to do Paramore. Uh, thank God I'm not yeah, doing that one. Yeah, I don't want to do that either. That was, uh, they had been arguing for a while. I said, oh, there's a band that like I won't do if Hagen asked me to do it with him. And I thought for sure he was going to guess it like immediately. And then he started guessing all these other bands. I was like, no, I'd, I'd give that a try. And he just never got it. And then Dave told me, he's like, yeah, we're going to do Paramore. I was like, that's the band. I don't want to ever do that. Like, absolutely not. So really worked out for me. Well, they'll have fun with that. That'll be uh, the next deep dive episode. <laughs> yeah, so. I, I can't wait to edit it. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for listening. Uh, hopefully Adam and I are going to get a nice we'll, break. Yeah, we'll be back in the future. Hang on to your girl, cause this is Adam.